Hey guys, before I get started on the podcast, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. It's good news, but uh, Just the West has been sponsored by Red Circle. Um, and so I don't know if you've noticed for the podcast, but I only limit myself to like four or five pods at a time because um, I'm trying to do it on the free. And I used another platform that limited the bandwidth of what I could do of putting out pods. Uh, but I'm now partnering up with Red Circle. And Red Circle is a new venture-based uh, seed stage startup founded by engineers and product managers from Uber. Uh, the team aims to provide software to help indie podcasters, indie podcasters like myself, to take their work to the next level. So I'm really, I, I'm actually super excited for the partnership. Uh, I'll be able to host my podcasts, and I've done a, a, quite a bit throughout the years. Um, you'll get all of them sooner than later, so it's going to be archived. Um, but once again, let's go ahead and get started. And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have on the call to you up. Tee up, it's been a bit. Are you there? Hey, what's up? Yeah, it's been a minute, man. Uh, seems like uh, 49ers and the NFC West has uh, definitely uh, transformed in some way, shape, or form since last time we spoke. I've been busy uh, with stuff over here, but uh, yeah, no, I'm glad to be back on the pod. Yeah, man, I always appreciate your time. Things have changed, but kind of not really. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because, yeah, man, I mean, the Rams, they're still in first. They're like 9-1. and one. The Seahawks, they're still second. They're 4-5. and five. And, uh, yeah, some things don't change. Cardinals, they lost as well. So they have like two wins. And the Niners have two wins. So I guess the standings did kind of change, but... The actual standings per se is about the same, and uh, yeah. Did you watch Monday Night Football, by the way? Uh, last night, Giants, Niners, uh, yeah, Levi Stadium. That was it had kind of a, a, a Green Bay vibe to it in terms of like the defense, and yeah, I don't know. Actually, um, I was in and out of the game. Yeah, uh, I. I attended, um, I was actually at Staples Center last night watching the Warriors and Clippers game. Um, one of my buddies, he had a, he had a hookup on one of the streets over there, so they were streaming, uh, they were showing live the Monday Night Football at the same time as the game, so, you know, I was kind of shuffling back, back and forth between the game, uh, the basketball game and, uh, and Monday Night Football, but, you know, I had to be locked in because, you know, the, the Warriors were in town, um, and, you know, KD was thrown it down, and then, you know, they went to overtime. Uh, Clay found himself in the fourth quarter. It was just uh, it was just an insane game. But um, I saw bits and pieces, and I think I, I, I saw enough to the gist of uh, what happened. And God, just another heartbreaking loss. Yeah, man. It was uh, outside of Richard Sherman. Um, God damn it. All, all, all their stars, Saquon Barkley, Eldell Beckham, Ingram, Sterling Shepard, yeah, they, uh, they balled out on the Niners, unfortunately. And so I think this is like the 
four. I don't know, oh, you may even quote me. I think this is like the fourth game they've lost this season where they lost by by hair, by like three points or less in this sort of fashion. And uh, I know they're a young team. I know that they don't have Garoppolo, but it's becoming a, a reoccurring trend. And I don't know if you want to put it on the players or the coaches, but uh, it, it's a lot of tough losses, you know? I would, yeah, I mean, just like you said, there's there's definitely a, a developing trend that's happening with the Niners, and the trend that I'm seeing, you could, you could probably chime in, is, you know, they come out really strong, you know, all gas, no brakes, that's what Salah's motto is, they come out strong in the first half, and then for some reason, that you know, the second half, they just come out just completely flatline, and uh, just the... You know, the offense is putting up consistent numbers, I guess you would want to say. Um, but our defense, you know, that, that that zone scheme is just really killing us. And uh, on Twitter today, uh, Eric Crocker, you know, he was he was chiming in about uh, Akilah Weatherspoon and how he believed that he he played decent. However, he didn't. So I don't know. He, it was kind of I'm kind of in between, in my opinion, and Akilah is just it's just. One week after another, um, he's just guarding grass, just out there in the middle, just hanging tight while, you know, there's a receiver that's open. Um, I don't know. that our, our secondary is just a real, real force. Going back to about all gas, no breaks. Yeah, man. I mean, they were up 13 to 10, but, I mean, check this out. Um, third quarter, Mullins did that nice – Nice pass to Matt Breida for the 11-yard receiving touchdown. They're up 20-10. to 10. So they're up 10 points late in the second half. And the defense, I mean, uh, I mean, they, I, I, I hate penalties, but, you know, there's there some bullshit calls. But uh, they let the Giants right back in the game. Right back in the game with plenty of big plays by Beckham, by Ingram on the final stretches and just... Uh, it's um, it's tough. It's tough. But at the same time, I've also heard via Twitter as well, and I can kind of agree, you know, tough game, competitive, but this is technically for the better anyways in the long term because now the uh, Giants have two wins, the Niners have two wins, and technically right now, uh, the Oakland Raiders, they are slated for the number one pick, and, you know, uh, we're right there in the lottery of, of top five. So that's that's one way of looking at it, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, we definitely, I think sometime in the near future, you know, we have to start talking about, we'll have a pod talking about draft uh, picks, if, uh, if that's okay with you, because, you know, we already know this season's a wash, and, you know, there's there's definitely going to have to be some improvements in the offseason in order to... Um, our defense where it is where we're able to compete and hang it in the game, you know, like like you said, there's just multiple games, was it three or four games where we have the lead going in the second half, late in the second half, and we just completely dropped the ball in the fourth quarter. Yes. Yes, sir. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, having said that, that's I, I have nothing else to really say about the game. You know, sure, uh, showed plenty of flashes. I was really happy to see Matt Breida do his thing. He had, like, 
17 carries for about 100 yards, um, two touchdowns. He's looking strong. Uh, also like to give a shout-out to Marquise Goodwin. Ironically, same date, same opponent. Just a year ago, uh, Marquise Goodwin had lost his uh, his child these uh, some complications and so I know it was kind of a, an emotional um, roller coaster for, for today or not today's last night's game and you know he got he took a couple of gnarly hits he, he actually left the game on several occasions because it looked like he got concussed but uh, he finished it out um, just a really um, just a really interesting game though I just uh, it's tough yeah I'm He's a, he's a competitor, man, and he uh, he hung in there. Um, it, but we can't, you know, can't we can't end this segment without uh, giving shout out to George Kittle. He's literally been our most impactful offensive player this season by far. He is top five tight end, if not number one or two. Oh, it, it depends on oh, how you argue. Dude. Yeah, he's right now, there. I would put him in. Uh, I would put him in like top three. So nine catches, 83 yards. And I mentioned on my blog post that the Giants had not allowed a single starting tight end to get over 50 receiving yards all season. So nine catches, 83 yards. He was Nick Mullins' go-to guy. Um, I mean, he's had he's had Garoppolo. He's had Beathard. He's had Mullins. And everyone knows, I mean, talent is talent. He finds ways to make plays. One hell of a blocker, and he's one hell of a receiving tight end, especially in, in play action scenarios. And so, yeah, man, I'm glad that he's having the breakout season he's been having. Fifth round pick out of Iowa. Uh, I'm very happy that the national audience, for that matter, gets to see George Kittle on, on display. And so, there's not that. Ma- I mean, that, that's the funny thing. Matt Breida, running back, undrafted, and then you get fifth round pick George Kittle. You get undrafted Southern Miss. Nick Mullins, and uh, yeah, they're going head-to-head with Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, Eli Manning, uh, lottery picks at, at, at that, so it's just uh, it's a trip. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on, uh, on end of the first half, uh, Shanahan in uh, Dante Pettis' ear? Yeah, man, I think that he has every right. I mean, uh, I know that Pettis has been battling injuries and whatnot. I won't say that he's been a disappointment, but up to this point, um, yeah, Pettis needs to make some plays, and a lot of it has to do with awareness. Um, that that's a big part of why Shanahan was in his ear. Um, but I know that you know it's it's really tough for any rookie, for that matter, to uh, do well for year one, let alone you know coming off an injury. But I, I do wonder, and it, it does kind of bother me per se, but, uh, you know, the Bears, they drafted Anthony Miller in the second round after Dante Pettis. And, uh, you know, a lot of people really liked Anthony Miller. He was extremely productive in college, and he's coming off his best game as a pro. He had like 120 yards receiving and a touchdown. And so it's it's out there. I mean, people naturally compare player to player, especially in the same rookie class, you know? Oh yeah, you, I mean you have to. It's it's like it goes back to that, you know, in the NBA draft, for example, the number one and number two pick row is going to be compared to each other. Yeah, Bonanello, uh Nash, and uh, who was it? 
I mean, it's just you know, those are just examples. Like you're always going to be compared to your to your predecessor. I mean, let's do a recent comp. Markel Fultz, Jason Tatum. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, so... You're you're always going to be compared, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, I just... I can kind of see it, you know, like the lack of effort. Maybe the the route writing was incorrect. Maybe um, it was something to get Shammy pissed off. Yeah. He was was livid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Sanahan, he's always been a big proponent about the details for game planning the devil is in the details he is i mean he's so on point with that and so when he sees his players uh i'm, I'm sure i get it i get it it's a young team it's a rookie wide receiver but i mean we're in week 10 right now and so the second half is underway i hope you see more pettis i hope that he he makes good on his draft promise coming out the second round but uh yeah, man, he needs to step it up. They need to step it up as a whole, so. Yeah, I think the five week is going to be good for us. Uh, just to step back, replan, retool, and think about how they're going to finish the second half of the season. That's right. So the Niners enter a bye. Kind of a much-needed bye. It's coming off a loss. It's, it's a little tough. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the other games as well and, and recap that. Um, but we're going to recap the other NFC West games, specifically the Seahawks and Rams game. But another reason why I wanted you to get on the pod is uh, it's a little early, but we're not going to do a pod tomorrow. Thursday night, there is some NFC West football as well. The, uh, you know, shit, the Packers are playing at Seattle, by the way. For Thursday night football. Ooh, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's go ahead and recap some of the games real quick and get to that game. How's about that? Okay. Sounds good. Let's okay. do it. Okay. So just for shits and giggles, did you take the points or lay the points? So Arizona Cardinals at Kansas City, the Chiefs, the largest point spread all season. The Chiefs were eight and one against the spread. They were killing Vegas. They were killing Vegas. And so Vegas was super, super conservative this time around and gave them 16 and a half points. That's like a college spread. And the Cardinals, they covered. They only, they quote unquote, only lost by 12. They played, you know, relatively good, all things considered. Um, I mean, did you make a play in that game? <laughs> no, actually, uh, so I, I maybe lied a little bit at the beginning of the pod, but I did watch that. The, uh, the KC and Arizona game because it's on red zone. Yeah. Um, fun fact: uh, before this week, the Chiefs were undefeated in the coin toss. They won every single coin toss, including the preseason. So they were actually twelve and zero in the coin toss going into uh, last Sunday's game. However, they did lose that coin toss against Arizona. Ooh, they lost the coin toss and they did not cover the spread. I don't know if that correlates. Interesting. But, but it was weird because they lost the toss, but they still ended uh, Arizona deferred. So they ended up scoring in the first time Not much to really talk about this game per se, other than, yeah, the, the Cardinals, they competed. They pleasantly surprised in regards to covering the spread. Uh, shit, I mean, I knew that. Rosen was going to have a hard time, especially at Arrowhead. He had two picks. 
but I'll give a lot of credit to the Cardinals' defense. Five sacks, got to Mahomes a couple times, kept this game relatively within range. David Johnson had 21 carries. Uh, he also led the team in receiving yards with like 70 receiving yards. So he had like all-purpose, like uh, over 150 yards re- receiving and rushing. And so coming off a bye, I had a feeling that they'd use a ton of David Johnson, and he saw that. Um, but, you know, th- this offense is still struggling to find a playmaker. I mean, you have him. You see some yards after the catch from Christian Kirk. You get Larry Fitzgerald in the slot, uh, and more so as a, as a possession guy. But, um, you know, you, you kind of knew what this game was going to entail. Yeah, for sure. I mean, writing was on the wall before the game started. But, um, yeah, I mean, kudos to Arizona. You know, they, they did it just – this wasn't a rollover game for them. And watching the game, you know, we saw glimpses of the old David Johnson that we're all accustomed to. Um, and, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And, you know, even did give Patrick Mahomes a pretty hard time. I think they sacked him uh, – five times. Five times. Chandler Jones had two sacks. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, so they actually they, they actually put some pressure on uh, on Mahomes, and it kind of showed in his play. He looked he looked shaky at times. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to be well to fast forward it a bit. I'm intrigued. So we got Thursday night Packers Seahawks. That's going to be super lit. But Monday it's going to be Chiefs and Rams, and it was originally supposed to be at Mexico City. It's supposed to be an international game. Uh, but they changed it due to some uh, field stuff. Apparently, the field was in pretty bad shape in Mexico, so it's going to be in LA. Uh, that's going to be a, another game to to talk about. So yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. And it's a little, it's a little uh, makes you think. It's like, how does it turn? You know, it was supposed to be a neutral field, and then it all tried to turn into a Rams home game. Yeah. I mean, between Kansas City and L.A., I guess L.A. is closer to Mexico City, so they went there by default. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They should have played in, like, a neutral field or something, you know? You would think that's, like, more of the fair scenario. You know what would have been a perfect... You know what would have been a perfect neutral stadium? St. Louis. St. Louis. And all, that's why I just said, St. Louis. Yeah. Bring it back, you know? Uh, that would have been, been such a... On tr- turf, too? At Edward Jones Stadium, that would have been such a troll job if they did that. Ooh. Yeah. Once again, Janelle just whiffs on a perfect opportunity. Okay, let's... Uh, oh, man. Let's, <laughs> let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and segue to, to, to the last game uh, that, would, that happened in Week 10. Uh, Seahawks, Rams... I thought it was going to be a close close game. Uh, the spread was 9.5 to 10 points, depending where you took it, at L.A., and it was a really close game, 31 to 36. Rams won by five points. Russell Wilson was driving down the field and turnover and downs uh, with 15 seconds to go. Uh, the defense for the Rams, while they did give up 31 points, I mean, they had their moments in the final stretches. Uh, Russell Wilson played a great game. They got a good, strong run game. Nice to see, actually, Richard Penny, their first-round pick out of San Diego State. He had his breakout game, his first touchdown of the season. He had 
over 100 rushing yards. Mike Davis was sprinkled in as well. A good overall game from the Seahawks as a whole, but, I mean, the Rams' offense was churning along per usual, and they did it without Cooper Cup, who would later tear his ACL this game. So they went to Gerald Everett, their tight end. Um, but all, all in all, I mean, just another solid day for Todd Gurley, for Robert Woods, for Brandon Cooks. I mean, uh, did he did he get the chance to check out this game in L.A.? Uh, I actually I saw the very last drive by Seattle. I was uh, at one of my buddies' uh, birthday birthday lunch, I guess. Yeah. Lunch, and uh, everyone was huddled around the bar. But uh, yeah, no, t- close game. Freaking sucks about Cooper Cup. I have him on my fantasy team. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I'm already like, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm going to be in the playoffs, but I'm, oh, man, that's going to hurt. So I got to find his replacement. But let me ask you this Who would you say right now is the MVP from the, for the Rams? Would you choose Gurley or would you choose Goff? See, so I've been hearing this on Twitter, on other pods, and I do have an answer. Right? It's a, I have an answer for it's it. A conversation of gaining momentum. I have an answer. I mean, just looking at the film. So uh, prior to the injury, by the way, so Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, off play action passes. All three of them are ranked top five in yards per reception off of play action. They're ranked one, two, and three, respectively. So they do very well in play action. Jared Goff does very well in play action. All his pretty much all his long throws are off of play action. Um, I mean, not to discount him as a passer, you know, for regular plays in the pocket and whatnot, but uh, a big portion of the Sean McVay offense stems from not even Todd Gurley as a runner. But Todd Gurley just being in the backfield. I mean, they use him as a receiver. They do outside zone runs. They do fake outside zone runs, and they dump it off to Todd Gurley. They do screens. They do um, screen passes. They do a whole bunch of stuff that stems from the run game, but more specifically through Todd Gurley. And so, in my opinion, if Todd Gurley were to miss some time, knock on wood, uh, they do have... I mean, they have Malcolm Brown. They have a couple of other capable running backs, but the offense as a whole would not. It would not be the same. It would be there would be a drastic difference if there was no Todd Gurley. So I mean, Jerry Goff, Roland Yabers, he's been doing well, but I'm going to give the MVP aspect to the running back. What say okay. you? T- yeah. What say you? Uh. You do make all those are really good set of points. I guess I'm looking at it more in the perspective of who if if the Rams were to lose either Early or Goff, who would they suffer more with? And I think my answer to that would be Jared Goff. Just because if you gotta look at his back, like you said, so if if Gurley went out, you know, they got Malcolm Brown and they got uh another kid in the backfield. I think they'll be just you know, they'll, they'll be able to do enough to to win a game. However, if Goff went out and Sean Manning was in the game, then, oh man, that would just, things would fall apart. That's just the way I see it. I mean, you're absolutely, there's no, 
guys, there's no right and wrong to, to this sort of question just because, I mean, Tom, to your point, traditionally, all things being equal, the, the MVP race is usually given to a quarterback anyways, right? Right. So, I mean, you know, I, I there's LT, there's... I mean, there's plenty of good running. I mean, Priest Holmes, like in, in years past, Marshall Falk. But yeah, more times than not, the quarterback gets the MVP award. And so, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I see you on that. I see you on that. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of you know, like for the Rams, they're just in a fortunate situation where it's just like it's a pick your poison type of thing. I don't know if it's unfortunate for them. I, I don't. I don't think as long as they're winning, I, I'm sure that both players are quite happy with where they're at. So, but uh, Jared Goff played first contract, so yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be that's in play as well. Sean McVay, just think about it. Jared Goff had one of the worst rookie seasons in NFL history from a statistics perspective. Winless, I think he went zero and eight his rookie season with Jeff Fisher, and then Sean McVay got hired. Worked in all his mechanics, and, and now, now look at him, right? Now we're, we're arguing Tariq Gurley or Jared Goff for the MVP award. I mean, how, how about that? Hey, how about that? How about, how about that? How about it? Uh, about Seattle. Hmm. So I didn't watch too much of a Seattle offense, but you said that uh, Penny had a, he had a breakout game. What happened to Chris Carson? I thought he was having a pretty consistent uh, workload. Yeah, no, Chris Carson's been great for them all season uh, between the tackles, inside runner. But he's been dealing with a hip injury like the last couple weeks. Even even last week, he had like eight carries for 40 yards. And they, yeah, they just went another way just because he's been dealing with that. And so going into this week, he didn't practice all week. He was a game time decision. And then they decided to give Mike Davis and Rashad Penny the... Uh, the workload. And, I mean, Mike Davis did, did well as well. He had like 11 carries for uh, like 45 yards. He had a receiving touchdown. But uh, Rashad Petty finally, I mean, it's week 10, but he finally showed kind of why they drafted him. He had a couple of really nice runs where inside hound off and then they would bounce it off or he would bounce it off. And he had a really nice 20, 25-yard run uh, in the first half. And he kept on, he kept on having those type of plays. And so... Uh, even when Chris Carson comes back, uh, I think you're going to see a little bit more Rashad Penny just because that's kind of what they wanted to get out of him uh, when they drafted him first round. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Seattle, they just, you can never count them out. They're like, they're kind of like, um, they're like the San Antonio Spurs, you know. I wouldn't give them that much credit. The Spurs is a pretty prestigious uh, organization, but. Um, you know, I would just, you know, as far as like the comparison, I would say, you know, it's just one of those teams that you can't count out year after year. They're pesky, not going to lie. Let's go ahead and conclude this game by, did you hear about the Aaron Donald, uh, Justin Britt's, uh, those little skirmish? Yeah, I saw Aaron Donald, uh, end of the game, he took off his pads, put his helmet back on and went out there to, to get into that little... I don't even know what you would call it, like a face grabbing, uh, face mask grabbing contest, maybe. 
I've never seen that. So just to give give context, so like Russell Wilson, he threw the ball. They would later rule it as an incomplete pass, but at the time, you know, the ball is bouncing around on, on the on, on the ground on the field, and so Aaron Donald, you know, you didn't hear the whistle, so he, he picks it up. He tries to run back. He goes out of bounds, and as he goes out of bounds, he's already out of bounds, and then Justin Britt pushes him, kind of a, a dirty hit um, on his back, uh, blocked to the back, and then he, he falls down, and Aaron Donald and Justin Britt, they both get at it, and so they break it up. Post-game, Aaron Donald, he's already in his like his underarm or whatever, and he puts on the helmet knowing what he's about to do. He says what's up to a couple players, and he goes deliberately to Justin Britt and just grabs his mask and yeah, the skirmish continues here, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that was pre- premeditated for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I think taking off the shell will allow more movement of the arms, I guess, if you want to put it that way. I but, mean, um, yeah, if you obviously know, nothing happened. I mean, if you know what you're going to get into, safety first, he put on his helmet because he's like, hey, if Justin Britt has a helmet, which he did, by the way, I don't want to have... Just my head as well. I can get seriously hurt, so I'm gonna put on this motherfucking helmet and yeah. go at it, right? I'm sure fines are gonna come from that, but obviously nothing happened. Everything got broken up, and they go their separate ways. Yeah, that's right. I mean, did you get know. any fine? Did they get fine? Um, not. It hasn't been announced yet, but I will say this. Tyreek Hill, he did an excessive celebration earlier this week where he went to the camera, he took the camera, and he, you know, he, he used that as part of uh, a prop for a celebration. So he got fined thir- <laughs> he got fined $30,000 for that. So if you want to use that as a rubric, um, let me ask you this, over or under $30,000? Over or under? Over or under? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. 30000 <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. That's half a pay. That's a half a game check right there. Well, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Donald just got paid, by the way. So yeah, did it? Was it Vernon Davis? He did something like that with the camera too. Do you remember that? I do remember that playoff game. Yeah, he, he jumped on the. I think he didn't even handle the camera. I think he just jumped on the platform, and then that costed us. Well, first fifteen yards, first of all, on the kickoff, and then I think he got fined also. All right, I'd say I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under too. I can't imagine it being like forty thousand dollars for that. Maybe like fifteen twenty. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So let's go ahead and conclude this pod. Talk a little bit about the Thursday night football game at hand. So Packers, they're four, four, and one. The Seahawks are four and five, so they pretty much have identical records, being that the Packers have that they have that tie against the Vikings, but it's at Seattle. Uh, guess the spread, just for shits and giggles. So, Packers at Seattle, pretty much the same record. What would you put the point spread at? Uh, I'm gonna go Seattle minus three and a half. I like it. You're pretty much on the money. It's Seattle three. It's Seattle three. I'll I'll give it to you. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah, Seattle three. Even game. Uh, the over under game is forty nine. So a little bit, a little bit over the usual forty four. Interesting game. Uh, what, what's your take on this game initially? I mean, it's going to be another 
good quarterback matchup between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I believe they're coming up. Well, they just beat the Dolphins like 26 to 14 or some shit like that. Um, initial thoughts about this game? I mean, it's right around the corner, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to Seattle because I think they lost two in a row already. One at home against the Chargers and then away at the Rams. I don't see him losing three in a row. Um, but, you know, if, if, if Seattle allows Aaron Rodgers to have the ball, the ball in his hands on the final drive and it comes down to one score, then all bets are off. That's, that's the last thing that Seattle wants. But if they're able to you know, hold out the defense, apply pressure to, to Rodgers, and kind of do their thing again with the running game, I think they should, uh, they should pull out a win at home. That's a good point, though, Tom, because they have around a two-game skid. And not saying, man, that loss to the Chargers at Seattle was tough because it wasn't even a close game. They lost, like, fair and square at home. The Rams game, I, yeah, I, it, yeah, I get, but, man, that was a tough loss. I mean, the Chargers is not a all-over team either. They're, they're, they're legit, like, they're on the heels of KC right now. Yeah, you can, you can make a case that they might be, come postseason time, if it gets to that point, they might be even better than the than the Chiefs because they'll get Joey Bosa back. So they'll get their number one yeah. pass rusher. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, yeah. If, you, if you want to do a side-by-side comparison of KC and the Chargers, um, gee, that's, I mean, yeah, you're probably going to have to give the offense, offensive edge to the KC, but if you look at the defense, oh, man, I don't know about KC. Young rookie quarterback at that. Um, well, we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but if that does happen, um, I got my popcorn ready for that. Okay, um, so for this game as well, so Seattle 3, that pretty much means it's an even game that you give three points to the home field. Um, I think I'm with you on this. I think that the Seahawks are, at least from an offensive perspective, they looked really good. Like Russell Wilson has been a one with all his throws. I mean, he's been he's been delivering some dimers lately. Um, not saying that Aaron Rodgers hasn't, but I feel like at home, uh, Seattle needs to get this win. Both teams need to get this win, but I think Seattle will come out ahead. Uh, close one yeah. though. Close one though. But I, I think it's going to be. If they can p- play keep away from Aaron Rodgers, kind of like what the Rams did when they played the Packers, um, I would feel good for, for the Seahawks. For sure. And just to quickly just touch, you know, that the NFC North, too, that's, I mean, that division wide open as well. There's, uh, you know, Bears, Vikings. Family. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty fierce. I know. Like, I feel like nine wins is going to win that division. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead. Uh, it is Tuesday night. The game's on Thursday. Call it out. So right now you're thinking Seattle. I'm thinking Seattle. What's the score, Tom? Uh, crap. You know I'm not good at this. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just uh, for fun. What's the over under? 49. 49? Okay, so it's a high score game. I'm going to yeah. go... Uh, I'm going to go 31-27, Seahawks. 31-27. 
I'll go... 20, well, pretty much the same shit. 27-23 Seattle. 27-23, you know, sprinkle some field goals in. Maybe an extra missed extra pointer or whatnot. But I think that it's going to be a, a close game. Um, but it can go either way. Let's just say that. Sounds good. Yep, so... Any other final thoughts? I, I think we're we're pretty much done with this pod. Um, I'm really looking forward to some NFC West Thursday night football, but uh, week oh, week eleven, yeah, yeah, uh, week eleven. Um, oh, I just wanted to say uh, for the bully fire that's pretty close by my house. It's probably you know it's now a little way, but we definitely get affected where I am. You know, it's it's just tragic to seeing like all these homes and people actually dying like. Um, all the families that are affected by this, and they kind of—it's um, kind of—it's close to home, and it, it just—you know—if if you're able anyway somehow, like the listeners, if you're able to donate or um, donate money, supplies, uh, help with your local firefighters, try to coordinate with with the local firehouses to to donate in any way, shape, or form to help out. We'll all be appreciated because. As you all pretty well know, like a lot of people have been displaced because of this fire, and it's uh, and it's crazy just seeing it. Just like it's it's about to approach the water. Yeah, like it's getting close. Yeah, so yeah, that's just uh, that's just my last two cents. And um, yeah, man, Thanksgiving's in a couple of weeks. I think we need to have like a little Thanksgiving special. I'm down. I'm down. And those are some actually, that's a great point that you make, though, in regards to the fires. I think SoCal as a whole, I think Thousand Oaks specifically, whether it's been the fires or the recent shooting, I mean, um, you know, just a lot of of madness going into the holidays. And so, you know, to those that can help, please do. Um, but, you know, my thoughts and prayers to go out to the families. That is a good reminder that Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And so there are a lot of things to be thankful for at the same time. For sure. Definitely, definitely. All right, man. Well, AT up. Appreciate your time. Until next time, check out the blog, www.justthewest.com, Instagram at justthewest, and my Twitter at justthewest. We out here. Peace. We, we out.